Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast. Happy Labor Day Monday. I am Chip Brown of Horns 24-7, joined, as always, by our fearless leader, the one and only Taylor Estes, managing editor at Horns247.com. Taylor, how you doing? I'm doing good, Chip. We have a lot to talk about today on the flagship podcast, and I apologize for my background setting. I'm currently in isolation, so not the normal setup here, and there's a thunderstorm going on. So in advance, if you hear weird rumbling, I promise it's not me. It's the thunder outside. <laughs> How are you doing? Well, hey, I'm doing good. It's kind of signs of the apocalypse over there where you are, and <laughs> kind of signs of the apocalypse uh, this week with Texas taking on former Southwest Conference rival and future SEC rival, Arkansas. Uh, we are recording on Monday because we're going to uh, try to get this podcast out so people can listen to it on their way home from work. Taylor and I will be recapping Steve Sarkeesian on Monday so that you all can, as I said, listen to it on your way home from work, have some Fun Monday uh, afternoon entertainment. Uh, before we get into what Steve Sarkeesian said, though, make sure you are subscribing to the Horns 24-7 YouTube channel. Right, Taylor? Yes, absolutely. So for those who have been used to watching the, the flagship podcast on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel, we have now launched our new Horns 24-7 YouTube page. And uh, so all of our video podcasts are going to be posted on there moving forward. And Texas fans will definitely want to stay tuned because it's not just going to be Chip's lovely face that you're going to see on the flagship podcast on video. Uh, we are expanding our video product. We expect to have uh, Longhorn Blitz and State of Recruiting on video in addition to some other video features. So go over, search uh, Texas Longhorns on 24-7 Sports on YouTube, hit subscribe, hit the bell, because if you hit the bell on there, you will get notifications on every new video that we do post to the page. All right. Did you just say I have a lovely face? That uh, I did. <laughs> tell you not to get your eyes checked, okay? <laughs> That's um, people watch it, Chip. Come on, it's for you. Yeah. You know that. <laughs> Any reason people are watching it, it's not because of me. Um, <laughs> I don't even have a face for radio anymore. Uh, okay, so Taylor, let's get into what Steve Sarkeesian had to say because let's be honest, as far as First games go in terms of new coaches, new schemes, communication with players. Game one for Steve Sarkeesian went pretty smoothly. Uh, you look at the way the offense was able to kind of get going after some early sputtering and got into a rhythm. And in the Texas defense, as we mentioned in our Sunday recap, held Louisiana to 18 points, dominated them on third down, gave up some fourth down conversions, but, uh, you know, really did what it's supposed to do and, and held them to 2.6 yards per rush. And that's all going to come in handy this week when they take on Arkansas, because look, I'm going to keep it real. I've already looked into Arkansas. This game is going to come down to the Texas offense against the Arkansas defense. The Arkansas defense is legit under Barry Odom. They have awesome linebackers, like all SEC caliber linebackers, and Grant Morgan and Bumper Pool. This, that's the kid's name, Bumper Pool. Are you kidding me? 
Um, and and then Jalen Catalan at safety. I think a lot of our listeners on Horns 24-7 um, who follow recruiting will remember Jalen Catalan. He's from Texas and was someone the Longhorns desperately wanted in recruiting. And now we know why, Taylor, because that kid had two interceptions, 83 yards in returns last week as Arkansas came from behind to beat Rice. Yes, they were down 17-7 to Rice, who Texas will play in week three. And Jalen Catalan single-handedly turned that game into uh, a 38-17 win with his two interceptions in the second half that both he returned him to the rice nine and the rice 16 and set up short field touchdowns for an Arkansas offense that wasn't very good against rice. So with all that said, I'm, I'm getting to the point of Steve Sarkeesian talking about how well his team did on third down Taylor. And I'm just going to tell you, Texas can't live like that. Uh, they got away with third and long against Louisiana because they were eight of 10 passing on third down credit to Hudson card, but he had to convert uh third and six, third and 12, third and five, third and nine, third and six, third and 11 and third and nine all by passing. And that's a lot to ask uh, of this Texas offense of Hudson card in a hostile environment. Arkansas is going to be sold out for the first time since 2017 on Saturday night in Fayetteville. Uh, that's going to be a lot to ask of this Texas offense to convert third down like that again, Taylor. Yeah, it really is, Chip. And I mean, going back to, you know, Hudson Card, the last week was his first start in general, you know, and uh, regardless if it was Hudson Card or Casey Thompson, this is the first road game that either of the quarterbacks will have been playing in. And you definitely cannot get into those third and long situations, especially you know, fourth and long too. Now that did work for Steve Sarkeesian and Hudson card when they did call a fourth and six, you know, run play where Hudson or play when Hudson card ended up scrambling, but still in a hostile environment, it's a totally different scenario. I thought one thing that stood out for me from Steve Sarkeesian on Monday chip is how he talked about his confidence in Hudson card going into this environment because he's such an even keeled type of player. And that's something that can really help in the situation. However, this is a redshirt freshman. This is a situation that he's never been in. And there's a lot, a lengthy history of rivalry with Texas and Arkansas. I mean, this is essentially not comparing it to Texas and Texas A&M. But however, I mean, this is what the 79th time that Texas and Arkansas, I think, will face off against each other. Yep. There's a lengthy rivalry and it may not be recent rivalry, but there's still a lot of um, bad blood, I think. And I think that, you know, there obviously it shows, you know, Arkansas, as you mentioned, haven't sold out a stadium since 2017. It's already sold out. It's Monday. So it just goes to show how many, you know, fans from Arkansas are, are planning to pack the house there and having that even keel nature is going to be really, really crucial. However, not only just that, you know, you can be as even keeled as possible, but if you are put in a third and long situation, especially on the road, more times than not for a first time starter, that's not a recipe for success. It's a recipe for disaster, if anything else. And so this is going to be, you know, a really critical moment, I think, Chip, and I want your opinion on this on not just the, you know, 
for the overall Texas, but just for Hudson Card and his mental, not stability, I don't know what the right word is, but kind of like how yeah, well he can. Yeah, yes, mental exactly. Toughness. Yeah. Yeah, how well he can handle this situation. I think we're going to learn a lot about Hudson Card and, you know, kind of his trajectory being able to handle this type of difficult situation on Saturday. Yeah, I, I, I obviously during the summer thought, well, Steve Sarkeesian will probably start the season with Casey Thompson, the guy who's a fourth-year player who's been in seven games for this game, for the Arkansas game, not so much for Louisiana because – you're playing at home. You're playing in front of a excited crowd about a new coach. But this game at Arkansas, you're absolutely right, is going to test everything about uh, this offense because the matchup is the Texas offense against the Arkansas defense. As I said, Arkansas's offense and special teams were terrible against Rice. And if that's any indication, I don't know. If you can make enough improvement from week one to week two, when they say you make your most improvement, I don't think Arkansas can make enough improvement on offense and special teams to be anywhere close to the level of Texas's defense or special teams. So the matchup to me is the Texas offense against the Arkansas defense, uh, Hudson card, Casey Thompson, whoever's in the game, having to navigate this three high safety approach that, that Barry Odom takes as the defensive coordinator at Arkansas. It's a, it's not a look a lot of people use. And Jalen Catalan is right in the middle of that uh, kind of playing, you know, the, the free safety, if you will, of those three. So he can ball Hawk and, and make plays on the ball. And, and it's effective. Now, Steve Sarkeesian has seen it. He saw it last year when Alabama with three Heisman finalists and the Heisman winner uh, among those finalists beat up on Arkansas 52 to three in Sam Pittman's first year as coach at Arkansas. Still, this is going to be a really good test for, uh, for this Texas offense. And let's be honest, Taylor, if we're, if we're going to go down the list of things that need cleaning up, in addition to the critical penalties that Texas had, that they were able to overcome some like, two holding penalties on one drive that went for a touchdown uh, on the offensive line, had some holding penalties. They had the illegal blocks in the back on the 83 yard kick return. That would have been a touchdown by Deshaun Jameson. But the other thing they need to clean up is the offensive line. I mean, I'm talking to NFL. I'm talking to an NFL scout who was at the game. Um, and I asking what stood out. And he said, gosh, that offensive line looked terrible early yeah. in that game. And, and so, and the penalties were coming late on the offensive line as well as early. So that part of the game has to improve for Texas because as we said, Arkansas brings 10 starters back on defense. They know what they're doing. They, their defense kept them in games last year that uh, maybe they could have, would have, should have won. They finished three and seven, probably better than their record on defense. So the offensive line has got to take a big step forward this week too, Taylor. They definitely do. And if you look at the offensive line chip, I mean, this is not, there is, you know, young players on the offensive line. Jake majors is probably the, the, you know, the most green we'll call him of the offensive line group, but you look at who Texas does have offensive line. Derek Kerstetter is what a fifth year. Super. Um, 
Yeah, he's looking for. Yeah, yeah Denzel look for a six year junior angle has been on campus. Christian Jones, even he's been on campus for four years. And at this point, you know, offensive line has been a critical problem for Texas over the last more than a decade. I mean, when you only have two offensive linemen drafted since 2007 or 2008, that's that's a problem. And there's a reason why the top offensive linemen in recruiting classes are not going to the University of Texas because they have not been able to develop offensive linemen as well as some other programs have. Now, obviously, I do believe that Kyle Flood is a type of coach who can develop that play, but it doesn't happen overnight. And these guys are, in my opinion, Chip, way too veteran to have those type of mental errors because there were penalties that the offensive line had that were critical. And who were they on? They were on. They weren't on Jake Majors. If I mean, we could give a right. pass to Jake Majors at this point. You know, I mean, he's been on campus for what two years. I mean, he would get a pass if anyone is going to get a pass. They weren't on him. They were on the up. Uh, you know, the guys that have been around for at least four years in the program. That's got to change. It's going to be tough for Kyle Flood to change it overnight. But in order for Texas to become that championship level of team, you have to win in the trenches. Texas defensive line is doing a good job at that, but the offensive line is so far behind. There's a lot of work to be done there. Yeah. And look, we've mentioned there are some some guys who are right there. I mean, Tope Amade uh, is another super senior who's enormous. And we know that Kyle Flood and and Steve Sarkeesian like large human beings to quote them. Um, and Andre Carrick is a guy uh, at tackle who I think they really like a lot. And Tyler Johnson is a guy who uh, moved into the two deep in the last week of fall camp. And, and so we'll see uh, what kind of fire gets lit under that offensive line, but they, they struggled to run the football early, which look, teams are going to load up to stop Bijan Robinson. And that's why, Steve Sarkeesian is so good because what, what does he do as they get down uh, into the red zone against Louisiana? They notice something. Uh, they're looking to see if Louisiana's in man or zone. They see that they're in man. They motion two receivers from the left side over to the right side and bring two tight ends over to the left side. Knowing they're in man, Hudson Card moves Bijan Robinson out of the pistol right next to him and throws in that little flat pass. Yeah, the both tight ends out, yeah. running that double drag. And Bijan Robinson walked in from the 10 yard line. That's Steve Sarkeesian scheming guys open. And that's why he's as good as there is. And that will all be needed on Saturday night because look, Steve Sarkeesian basically shut it down halfway. Uh, after the touchdown drive that Casey Thompson led, where he was four or five passing and threw uh, the touchdown to Jordan Whittington, they just ran the ball. Mm-hmm. It was the Keelan Robinson show uh, at that point. So they didn't have to show everything against Louisiana, and they were able to to save a bunch of stuff for Arkansas, and they're going to need it because that's, again, that's the matchup. And, um, I mean, Taylor, I'm going to give you a quick – take on Arkansas special teams. Good heavens. They had a punt blocked by rice. They had a 25 yard shanked punt. They fumbled the opening kickoff. They were fortunate to recover it, but I mean, Arkansas special teams were a disaster. So if Texas just maintains their level of play on special teams from without maybe the blocks in the back, 
uh, on Deshaun Jameson or, you know, on, on punt returns, Dicker, the punter, <laughs> 51.5 yard average for Dicker, the punter, um, Dicker, the punter was better than Dicker, the kicker in against Louisiana, Dicker, the punter averaged 51.5 yards per punt. And Dicker, the kicker missed a 45 yard field goal wide, right? Taylor. Yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, going back to what you were saying about, you know, they kind of turned on the Keelan Robinson show. One thing that I do like that Steve Sarkeesian said Monday, and I think that Texas fans really should grasp this a little bit more than maybe some are, is he talked about how he wasn't too thrilled with the team's fourth quarter performance. It kind of like they got lax, you know, they were not really hammering it home. They kind of were not the way that they were showing, you know, late in the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter. And that's huge to hear a coach say that because I think Texas fans at this point are used to hearing a coach make up excuses for why games ended up being, you know, not like, you know, them not throttling opponents essentially and games being closer than they should have been under the Tom Herman era, because you go back to go back to the 2018 OU game with Texas. I mean, Texas was up by what three touchdowns and Kyler Murray scored how many touchdowns in the fourth quarter alone. I mean, it, it was always like foot off the gas. And I know this is the all gas, no breaks thing, but I think that that was something that some fans may have kind of overlooked him hearing, but I think that people should really take a grasp of is even though Texas won by 20 points and, you know, they, they did run the ball. Obviously you do, you're winning by 20 points against a top 25 opponent, run the clock down. I understood why they weren't trying to, you know, have Casey sling it deep or anything like that, because that just can turn into a possible disaster of a situation. But I really liked hearing him talk about how, that wasn't acceptable for him, even though they were ahead by 20 points, because that really hasn't been the case. And I really want to see that on the road. You know, that's something that you 100%, you always have to have your foot on the gas, especially on the road in a hostile environment. I really am going to be watching that against Arkansas this weekend to see how this offense can really kind of, you know, continue to finish a game in the fourth quarter and maybe not kind of take their foot off the gas a little bit. Yeah. and. Look, Arkansas, Barry Odom, the defensive coordinator at Arkansas, obviously knows he can turn on the film from last year's Alabama game to see at least some tendencies from Steve Sarkeesian. Obviously, the talent level is not comparable at this point, but tendencies, and that's that's going to be a great matchup. Um, and to your point about finishing, that was a message to the offensive line right there because look, it's the fourth quarter. They're tired. They, their defense has been on the field. You should have been able to impose your will and sustain drives by running the football. Even if they know we're running the football, we have to be able to impose our will in the fourth quarter. Steve Sarkeesian talks about it all the time. They put all their most difficult things in practice in the last periods of practice to simulate the fourth quarter and how important the fourth quarter is to finishing. And that was a message to the offensive line that, Hey, we've got to, we got to be able to run the ball to finish games and we need you all to step up and get that done. Yeah. Um, And Texas has the running back room to do it. Like that's the other thing. I mean, this is, there's, it's not a, Bijan Robson obviously is the headliner of the running back room, 
but this is one of the most stacked running back rooms I think I've ever covered at Texas. And at least in you know my 10 years covering Texas as a credentialed media member, this is the most stacked running back room I have ever seen. And Texas has the bodies, they have the talent, they have the skill to do that. And now it just comes to, they have to win in the trenches. And you're right. It comes down to the offensive line. And if you have as many veterans across the offensive line, you've got to make sure that they are ready in the fourth quarter to impose their will because I know it was hot. Obviously it was scorching on Saturday, but that can't be an excuse. I mean, they practice in the debt, you know, the worst heat of summer in August. So they're, they should be used to it at this point. It's, it's gotta be, you know, coaching can only come so far. It turns into the players have to actually execute on the field and they're put in the position to do what they're supposed to do. They weren't having, you know, boneheaded type of penalties where, they, it was just there. It was, you could see the drop off, I think is the biggest thing in the fourth quarter. And that's got, that's on the players. That's not on the coaching. It's on the players to ensure that they are still ready to go and, and be able to really impose their will in the fourth quarter with the type of running back room that they do have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a couple other nuggets from Steve Sarkeesian. I mean, well, it was impressive to give the offense. It's, it's due five of five in the red zone, all touchdowns. And you'll take that all every Saturday afternoon in the fall, uh, two rushing touchdowns, three passing touchdowns, five of five in the red zone. And then um, the sack, speaking of protection, Texas was uh, Hudson card was sacked three times. Sarkeesian said two of those were on uh, the tight end blocking and Jared Wiley uh, gave up one that was, awful. Now I know his shoulder uh, was hurt. He played, he's supposed to play this week. Uh, he and junior Angelau, the, the injury update is that both are going to be okay and should be able to play this week. Um, and of course, Bijan Robinson got folded up uh, in that third quarter uh, tackle where he literally was bent forward. Remember last year against Texas tech, he got bent backward. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Bijan Robinson said he felt a little bit of a stinger, but it went away. He came back in the game and and obviously uh, played in the fourth quarter. So there's your injury update. And then as far as um, you know the the defense, the playmakers on defense, linebackers Demarvin Overshawn, 13 tackles, Luke Brockermeyer, the former walk on, um, 10 tackles, and. And Steve Sarkeesian said, look, if our defensive line is playing the way it should, then DeMarvin Overshawn and Luke Brockermeyer should have tackle numbers like that. And I thought it was cool. Today, Luke Brockermeyer said that uh, he had a half sack with DeMarvin Overshawn early in the game, but he also had a tackle for loss. And he said that was all Byron Murphy. He said the freshman defensive tackle got so much push that I just came up literally behind him and made the play behind the line. It was like having an escort to the tackle. And I'm telling you, Taylor, right now, Byron Murphy needs to be on the field. And I, this is crazy to talk about a freshman at defensive tackle, nose tackle specifically, but I'm starting to think this kid's more Casey Hampton than he is, you know, I don't know. I mean, Roy Miller, Derek Loki, they both played as freshmen. I think Byron Murphy's going to earn more and more playing time. Kid's so explosive. And I'm just making sure I make a note in week one to talk about how good 
Byron Murphy is. Yeah, and we have to give credit to our guy, Mike Roach, our recruiting analyst at Horns 24-7, because he has been telling all of us, anyone who would listen, that Byron Murphy is the real deal. And you did see that in week one. And honestly, Chip, you know, you you kind of go back in history a little bit. When Puna Ford was on campus, you know, Malik Jefferson was an all Big 12 player. And if you ask Malik, he would say the whole reason why is because of Puna Ford. It's not because of me. It's the guys in front of me essentially are doing so much work for me that it makes my job easy. And that was the same thing even with, you know, go back to that year with um, Deshaun Elliott being a Thorpe Award winner. He's like, I didn't make too many plays. I just... They, they had got so much pressure that it was easy for me to get interceptions, easy for me to make those plays. That's so critical. And for this to be a freshman who is the one that we're talking about after game one, it's a good sign, I think, right? Yeah, good sign. I mean, <laughs> and people asked me about Alfred Collins. Where was Alfred Collins? And apparently, uh, Alfred Collins, was he has a sub package, mm-hmm. but they didn't use it that much because... Louisiana is such a running team and Alfred Collins is kind of in that three down lineman package. He's a defensive end in their three down package, but because of, you know, the running attack of Louisiana, Texas stayed primarily four down. And so Alfred Collins didn't play in this game. Um, And that's a little bit of a surprise that he's only in on the odd front um, sub package, but, He's got to get to a point where he can come in on every down because uh, Alfred Collins is an incredible talent. So we've talked about how he's got to use his hands better, but there's why Alfred Collins was not in the game against Louisiana. It will be interesting to see um, how Texas plays this game against Arkansas because they are going to run it. They are not very good throwing the football. KJ Jefferson, the you know the young sophomore quarterback who had one start last year against Missouri played pretty well, but struggled to complete passes in this game. His receivers were dropping balls. He was sailing balls. He was much more of a threat on the run. He had a 68 yard run for a touchdown called back because of holding by a receiver. And so KJ Jefferson is going to be a big time running threat in this game. And and so I'm not sure Alpha Collins will play a lot in the Arkansas game either, but there you have it. Um, right. And Texas was good against the run, you know, yes. for the most part against Louisiana. You know, they held Louisiana to 76 yards rushing on what was like 26 to carry. Yeah, that you'll take that every day of the week. And that's got to continue this week. Yeah. All right, Taylor, you ready for some love it or leave it? I am Chip. Before we get to love it or leave it, we are going to take a really quick break, but we will return um, with some key topics from both Texas game against Louisiana and also some of the concerns and strengths of the team from that game going into Arkansas. So stay tuned. We will be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And as a reminder to our listeners, definitely go over to the Horns 24-7 YouTube channel, hit subscribe, hit the bell, and get all the notifications for all the latest videos that we do post on Horns 24-7. We will be expanding our video product. We'll be expanding our video podcast, too. So you'll be able to see not just us, but, you know, Rod Babers, Jeff Howe, uh, Mike Roach, Nick Harris, all of us um, in the near future. So definitely do that. But with that said, Chip... I'm ready for love it or leave it. Are you? Let's go. All righty. My first one for you is love it or leave it. After the victory over Louisiana, the part of the team you feel best about is the Texas defense. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to love this. Um, I do feel uh, the best about the Texas defense. I thought against a veteran Uh, offense, a veteran offensive line, a veteran fifth-year quarterback. Uh, Texas, The Texas defense had a couple early hiccups, but they adjusted. Pete Kwiatkowski adjusted and really locked down um, the running game. Now, Levi Lewis is so tough that they were able to sustain two lengthy scoring drives in the second half because they were able to convert on fourth down. And that that's a credit to Levi Lewis. I don't know how many quarterbacks uh, can do what he did. So at the end of the day, you hold the, uh, the raging Cajuns to 2.6 yards per carry two of 10 on third down. Yes, I know they converted three of three on fourth down, gave up a what 27 yard run for a touchdown. Those were the mistakes but you didn't have penalties on defense, um, not much. And, and so I thought Pete Kwiatkowski's side of the ball uh, was pretty darn buttoned up. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love this, Taylor. How about you? You know, I, I feel like I have to love it because I agree. I mean, this was one of the more sound defensive performances, especially not just against you know, Joe Schmo opponent. This is a top 25 team that Texas faced. This is not some cupcake type of game. It's not Kent State. <laughs> Sorry, Aggies, but <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's not, it's it's a top 25 opponent. So you have to get credit where credit's due. I'm kind of in the middle though, because I think that, you know, the part of the team that you have to feel really good about too is the running game. And it, you know, it wasn't just the B. John Robinson show. Roshan Johnson came in, made some really key plays. Then Keelan Robinson late in the game made some good runs too. So I'm kind of split, but I, I think I will love it and say that I think the defense is probably what I feel best about right now, mainly because, Chip, it wasn't just the starters that were making the plays on defense. It was the backups, too. And there really wasn't much of a fall off between the starters, you know, the first string and the second team, the guys coming off of the bench. And that's a, I think that's probably one of the bigger challenges in, in college football, especially, you know, NFL, you can 
you can pay people to come on your team and, you know, sit on the bench and be ready to go. That They're pros. But in college football, it's really tough to have a lot of guys that come off the bench and there is not much of a fall off between the first team and the second team guys. So I think I'm going to have to love it. And, you know, for the overall performance, but also the fact that the backups who did come off of the bench into the game really performed at a high level. I go back to that Darian Dunn forced fumble. I mean, you know, that was, that was huge. That was a, that was something that kind of sealed the game, you know, to say a little bit sealed the game. And so I think that overall as a unit itself, you have to feel good about this defense, even though the running back room is still one of the filthiest I think I've seen since I've covered Texas, but I'm going to give credit to Pete Kwiatkowski in the defense and I'm going to love this one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the running back room was tremendous and, and a lot of it was through the air. Yeah. You know, Bijan Robinson had, I mean, he did some damage. So did Roshan with that third and five catch where he hurdled the defender, got 14 yards. So, um, yeah, the running back room is stout. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a good neck and neck to have right now for Texas. All right. What about, uh, love it or leave it number two. All right. Love it or leave it. Number two is the biggest concern after game one is the offensive line. Love it or leave it. Yes. I'm going to, I'm going to have to love this too. Um, unfortunately. And look, Kyle flood said that all of my offensive lines get better as the season goes on. If the most improvement made is from week one to week two, this offensive line needs to make it because they just didn't, they didn't fire off the ball and impose their will from the beginning of this game. They were, they looked nervous and there was some, there were some missteps. There was some poor hand placement. Some of those runs early on broke down immediately and and then it it did get better as the game wore on. Some of that was Steve Sarkeesian scheming it, but the offensive line has got to be better. Even though the sacks were on the tight ends and Hudson Card was responsible for the delayed corner blitz, that's his read. He has to see that coming. He didn't. Uh, the offensive line's got to be better, especially against this Arkansas defense. Taylor, how about you? Yeah, I'm going to have to love it. And, you know, I think mine goes back to the fact that there's way too many experienced players on the offensive line to be talking about this. I mean, Texas, obviously one of the biggest strengths, aside from the defense, I guess, since we just talked about that, but it's the running room, the running back room. And they've probably made the offensive line look better than they actually did perform. And it's going to be a work in progress. You know, I think Kyle Flood is an amazing coach, obviously. I mean, you look at the offensive lines that he fielded at Alabama, there's no question about his ability to coach the position. But these guys, at some point, coaching, it's hands off at some point. And these guys have to make the plays that they're supposed to make. They are supposed to, you know make the holes that they're supposed to make so that the running backs don't have to get tricky or, you know, uh, cutesy or whatever you want to call it um, in order to find, you know, a place to run. So I totally agree. I think that that's the biggest concern right now. I now in saying that again, I want to reiterate that I do think that Kyle flood is really, really good and a really, really elite offensive line coach. I think that, this will probably be a little bit of a work in progress, but there's no doubt at this point that that was probably the weakest spot on the team. 
Okay, love it or leave it, number three. All right, my final one for you is love it or leave it. The most pleasant surprise from the season opener was how well UT's receivers played. Oh my gosh, I'm being boring, boring. Um, you know what, I'm going to love this because we talked about how the receivers were one of the biggest concerns all through fall camp. Now, some of that was because of injury, uh, guys missing time, lack of consistency from, from the veteran receivers like Marcus Washington and Alvante Woodard have been on campus too long not to be making more plays. But thanks in large part to Jordan Whittington, who was Mr. Third Down, uh, his seven receptions for 113 yards, four of them were on third and long. Uh, and then he also had the 14-yard touchdown reception from from uh, Casey Thompson and uh, Jordan Whittington put a lot of gloss on the receiver position, but Josh Moore, look, it's not his fault. He got overthrown on two deep balls. Xavier worthy uh, got overthrown on a deep ball, but Xavier worthy did have the 34 yard reception, which was a big play early in the game. Can't wait to see what he brings to the table. We said, throughout the end of fall camp that Jordan Whittington and Josh Moore and Xavier Worthy were going to be the starters and that they needed to stay healthy and make plays because there's just not a lot behind them that we can point to. Maybe they got something for Calvante Dixon this week against Arkansas, but I'm going to give the receivers their love because they did show up and show out, especially Jordan Whittington um, in this opener. Taylor, how about you? Pleasant surprise. Man, yeah, I, I always hate agreeing with you on every single one of them, but I think that that is a pleasant surprise. I mean, we've been talking all along that there's, and I feel like I've been saying this since even going back to last year, there's a lot of talent in that room, but it's not, you know, um, like substantial, proven talent is what they've been missing. And so it's always been a question. It's been, it's not a matter of lack of bodies. It's a matter of who's going to step up. And I think that, you know, the, the receiving game in general stepped up. Now, some of the, you know, key highlights were the running backs, you know, Bijan Robinson uh, targeted four times, four catches, 73 yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, Roshan Johnson targeted two times, two catches, 20, um, two yards, 26 yards after catch, you know, I mean, there's a lot of, um, positives there, but it wasn't just from the running or the receivers. It was also from the running backs. So a part of me wants to leave this, but I think that we do deserve to give credit where credit is due because we have been talking so much about the receiving room being a little bit of a question going into the season. And I do think that Jordan Winnington really stepped up. I think that you're right. You know, um, Hudson card missed you know, Joshua Moore overthrew the ball, whether it was Joshua Moore that was, you know, ran the wrong route or whatever, or card just overthrew him. You know, we, we don't know the exact play call or anything like that, but you know, there were some missed opportunities, but I wouldn't necessarily put it strictly on the receivers. So um, with how much we've talked about the concerns at receiver and the, you know, then looking at the product on the field and how I feel like they did really well, not just in receiving, I feel like they were good in, you know, uh, protection too, and blocking too. That was something that I feel like, you know, Jordan Winnington's a beast and it's good to see him healthy. I mean, I'm pretty sure that this game was, this was his first touchdown that he scored in DKR, like at home in his career. 
And so you, if he's one of the best receivers on the team, if he can be the best every single game, then Texas, I think has a chance, you know, Joshua Moore, I think the more that Hudson card gets into a flow in the game, I feel like those deep balls that were missed will probably not be missed in, you know, the future. It's a shake off the kind of um, cobwebs a little bit and being a redshirt freshman, you have to expect a little bit of those type of plays. But overall, since we were kind of talking so much about the receiving room, I feel like it's, it's fair to say that that was a big pleasant surprise in that first game. Well, and if there is an honorable mention, I would say Luke Brockermeyer. Yeah. Um, because middle linebacker was also a question mark and, and Luke Brockermeyer, stepped up and delivered 10 tackles. He was in the right place. He had the tackle for loss, the half sack with uh, DeMarvin Overshawn. So those two look like they've got some chemistry together and Jalen Ford came in a little bit, but it was really Luke Brockermeyer and, and Luke Brockermeyer's job to, to, uh, to lose. I mean, he's, mm -hmm. He's, he did nothing but solidify his standing as the team's middle linebacker. And that's a heck of a story. A guy who, you know, got on the field for special teams. Yeah. Former walk-on. Yeah. Right. Former walk-on who couldn't really get a sniff from the previous coaching staff. So uh, kudos to Luke Brockermeyer. Great story there. And Taylor, uh, before we sign off, I'm going to give everyone this little piece of tailgate trivia heading into the Arkansas game. If Steve Sarkeesian goes 2-0 and as the head coach at Texas, he will be the first coach at Texas to go 2-0 and since Fred Akers. Wow. Think about that. That's crazy. Yep. Mac Brown opened 1-1. One one. He had that tough road trip to UCLA in uh, week two of his debut season. and um, Charlie 1-1. One Charlie one and one, North Tom Texas. Herman zero oh and one, two years in a row. <laughs> well, in his first year, sorry. Uh, John Makovic started zero oh and two. Uh, David McWilliams started zero oh and two. Fred Akers started eleven and zero. Oh. That that'll be tough to match, but that will uh, be. <laughs> but how about that? If Steve Sarkeesian can go two and zero, oh, he'll be the first uh, Texas coach in his debut season to go two and zero oh since Fred Akers, and so. That is a little piece of tailgate trivia for you as we sign off here um, from the flagship podcast. Enjoy uh, Mondays, hopefully, you know, on your way home from work. Make it an appointment listening uh, for Taylor Estes. I am Chip Brown. Get over to horns247.com for all the latest and subscribe to the Horns 24-7 YouTube channel. And until next time, Stay safe and keep the faith.